Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, you inky savages. Thank you once again for joining me for this episode of the Penboy Roy Pentertainment Podcast. We're on episode number 92. In this episode, the Odd Oink and I dive deep into the Narwhal Nautilus fountain pen. So Narwhal released this new pen called the Nautilus. I have two of them. I like them a lot, and we talk about it. I don't remember this, but we also talk a little bit about aquarium maintenance and new retro pen designs. Now, really quick, if you heard an email chime go off just now, even throughout the episode, there's like a bunch of emails I'm getting throughout the episode, so I apologize in advance. Just a lot of bings and stuff. Not too loud, but still, it's annoying. Anyway, I also try my hand at nib tuning with sandpaper. That's a bit rougher than Tom's 5 o'clock shadow. So stay tuned to hear that story. Also, sponsors. Please don't forget to do your pen shopping over at my friends at goldspot.com. They are the sponsors for this show. And be sure to use coupon code ROY to get an additional savings on all products throughout the Goldspot pen store. There are some exclusions that do apply. Now, Luxury Brands of America also has an announcement to make. It's 1984. That seems a little irrelevant, doesn't it? No, but Noodler's Ink has a bottle of ink called 1984, and it's out now. I lied. It's not just a bottle. It's 106 bottles, and that is all they have. This is the second of three releases, which is going to also be coming out next year, so you got to get them before they're gone. From what I understand, I think 1984 is like some creepy bottle of ink or something like that. I think if memory recalls, I don't have a bottle. But make sure you get yours. They're doing that whole Nintendo Switch thing, right? Where Nintendo only released like a thousand consoles and it caused a shortage and craze and everybody wanted it. So everybody went crazy trying to buy it. I think they're doing the same thing with the ink, right? Anyway, make sure you check out your bottle of 1984 wherever you can get it. And if you're getting it from Goldspot, use coupon code ROY. And also don't forget to use hashtag FireTom at Goldspot when you're checking out because people love it. Everybody working there, it just makes them laugh all day long, and it's great. And we may actually just have to change the whole coupon code to that one day. We'll see. I don't know. We'll have to renegotiate sponsorships next year. Anyway, did you know that the Penboy Roy YouTube Fountain Pen Review Channel t-shirts also doubles as a Halloween costume? That's right. You can dress up as Roy and go trick-or-treating for some monk fruit sweetened keto-friendly candy. Also erythritol sweetened keto-friendly candy because that's also a great sweetener. It does cause some gastral discomfort for some people, but... Anyway, it's better than sugar. Zero on the glycemic index. Anyway, get your shirt at Tom's Inc. Journal website with free shipping within the U.S. Now, before I get started with this podcast, this podcast is not scripted and therefore will contain potty mouth words, both from Tom and I. So be forewarned, you have been warned. Now, on to the podcast. The Pet Boy Roy Entertainment Podcast. Stage Savage. This week has been exciting for me. Has it been? Yeah, has been ex- very exciting for me. I got myself in the mail. Did we talk about this last week's episode? I got in the mail two narwhal pens. One from oh, you. yeah. Right. One from you. Yeah. And one from my friend Mike over at Dromghouls. Mike Dromghoul, the owner of Dromghouls. Okay. And so, I, I hold on. I brought them with me. I actually want to show them to you. 
uh, pulling yep. them out on the Estabrook uh, nook or yeah. Yeah, some somewhere else there. I got I got the the new nook too. Uh -huh. So I have two separate types of nooks. I like the nooks. What am I gonna say? Yeah. So anyway, I have in front of me, and I have showing you, Tom. I have the bronze Corridora, which mm -hmm. I can certainly relate to because I have albino Corridoras myself, as you can see in the tank behind me. Well, it was hilarious when I, I saw that name, Bronze Corridora, and I'm like, the only other time that I've heard the word Corridora was just like a week ago when you told me <laughs> you had albino Corridoras. I was like, oh, Corridoras, that's mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. They, there's a pet. It was like it, it just has to be yours then at that point. Hundred percent, because I certainly can totally like connect with that. It resonates with me because I have corridors. I have three of them, actually. Bad news. I started off with four of them. Uh oh. And then I made the mistake. Ori, he was just a weak fish. I made the mistake of thinking that the scraps, because they're bottom feeding fish, that the mm -hmm. scraps are good enough for them. But apparently that's not true. You got to feed them wafers. So I got a bunch of bottom sinking wafers, and now there's three left. But for some reason, I'm finding that one of them is not doing so well. Uh oh. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. So just, so what can you do? Like you have to feed them more. You have to throw more wafers. No, I, I mean they're they're definitely eating more. It's just that I just he just sleeps a lot. I don't know why. You need to throw you need to throw the narwhal nautilus pen in there. Yeah. Someone I mean, mentioned someone mentioned to uh, make sure that the the cap seal is good. You know, put it in there with the cap on and see if it the water leaks into the uh, into the main compartment. Yes, I'm a little concerned about this third guy because he just like hangs out at the bottom. I mean, they hang out at the bottom, but usually they're super active and they act yeah. like they're on crack. And I'm, <laughs> I'm serious. I'm doing everything right. I can't do anything better. Like I'm doing regular 20% water changes a week. I loaded this thing to the brim with live plants. I mean... I'm really being careful with the bacterial load of the water. I'm making sure it's not, like I'm not shocking them by changing the water too much. When I rinse out the filter pads, I do it in fish water. I don't do it in like the sink. I treat the water. Temperature is 79 degrees, which is just perfect because between 80 and uh, 78 and 80, which as they say is optimal. I got a beast of a filter running. Wait, I don't know. I don't know why he's just like. You should really not clean your pens in there. That's the problem. Yeah. Listen, man. Don't make <laughs> jokes. We're talking life and death over here. This guy doesn't look like he's doing so good. I mean, he'll like sleep for like five minutes and then dart around and then just settle at the bottom again. Maybe not, it not needs move. fish to mouth resuscitation. <laughs> You're not taking the lives of my fish seriously. I'm sorry, they're they're fish, but I I I understand fish are they're, they're now too. like they're like pets now, like they're they're part of your family, and I get that, but I'm just saying it's you know it's just mm. we're just trying to add a little bit more levity to the situation. That's all. Right. Um, hold yeah. on a second. My recording device is picking up levels. Hold on, let's be quiet for one second. Oh, I know what it's picking up. It's picking up my fry tanks bubbler. So. <laughs> the tank that you're seeing behind me is a full-blown 29 gallon and then the tank that's to the left of me I want to tilt the camera so you can see do you see this tank here 
Yes. That's a 10 gallon. So I'm, I'm showing everybody the left of left of myself on my desk is a 10 gallon tank set with a Aquion Quiet Flow 10. So it can handle up to 10 to 20 gallons of water filtration. And then in the back corner, there's a Penplax Small World filter that's run by an air pump. So it's oxygenating the water, getting additional filtration. Those little six babies are going to thrive, son. <laughs> they're they're actually Molly Mollies, and Mollies. Yeah, somehow I ended up taking care of them because my buddy, who works with me, he had two full-grown Mollies, and they wound up having babies. So yep. they kept they getting the nasty. Yeah, they kept getting eaten up, so I, when there were six left, I'm like, oh, no, we got to rescue them. But how am I getting into this whole fishing? Oh, yeah, the narwhal nautilus. That's, how, that's what yes. I wanted to talk about. So the narwhal nautilus, I had two different sources. One was you sending me the bronze Corridora, right? Mm -hmm. Was that you sending it to me, or was that you sending it to me for Frank? So in essence, Frank sending it to me. No, I, I won't take credit where... Well, I'll give credit where credit's due was more or less Frank because I think you were bugging Frank directly about it. So yes, yes, more like yeah. her, more like harassing, yeah, Frank about it. So he was like, he was like, here, just just send send one to Roy. It's like, okay, well, okay, we'll do that. Yeah, you know why he asked you to do it instead of doing it himself? Why? Because I can't stand FedEx and all he uses is FedEx. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he only uses FedEx. Yeah, yeah. and they're the worst when it comes to shipping stuff. But anyway. Yeah. As I was saying, what was I saying? You were saying you got two of the Nautilus pens, one from uh, Dromgools and one from, you know, from Frank from Narwhal. So. Yeah, yeah. So I also did a short video on my IG reels and on TikTok and mm -hmm. YouTube shorts on the the seaweed one from Dromgools because I think it's a really unique looking pen do you see it here in front of me it's a nice ebonite yeah, it's a, yeah. I, I like the green the dark green ebonite is always a really nice handsome looking color Certainly i like it pretty is. much on anything that's got ebonite that and the dark blue the dark blue is like another one of my favorite ebonites right. so let me start talking about the bronze corridora for mm -hmm. everybody who's listening i just want everybody to just go on to google and start googling bronze corridora really quick do it right now yeah just Lightning so you know speed. Just so you know what it is that I'm looking at. Are you doing it too, Tom? It looks like you're about no, to No, I, I have it in my mind's eye right now. Right, that's I'm true. Just, that's true. Like you've I'm seen imagining this, it. You, you've seen this more than anybody. And I do really appreciate this. Here's, you want to talk about some things that I like about it? Like you want to talk about the neutral zone, the good, the bad, the ugly, I'll, the high new? I'm going to talk about the things that you like about it. <laughs> oh, do you want me to talk about it? Of course you do. Well, I could, I could give you some neutral zone idea uh, some just some basic facts all right talks about let's let's go into the neutral zone talk about the corridor bronze corridor neutral zone go go well first right. tell everybody what the neutral zone is let's see if you the know neutral the zone is oh god uh the neutral zone is uh the things of which uh, like to, details to, about the pen that are not neither good or bad but could be good or bad depending on you that's right <laughs> but let's do it right the neutral zone those elements about the pen that are neither good or bad or can be good or bad depending on you. Nice. That's how it is. Okay, so let's 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 talk about this pen. All right. So the uh, narwhal nautilus is basically a, a a submarine stick made out of ebonite with a little <laughs> three portholes drilled into it, 
and it's a triangular sort of formation of those portholes. So you could always, when you're turning the pen, you could always see at least part of the porthole, which acts as an ink window. Mm-hmm. So you got these cute little ink windows. They're trimmed. Well, with the bronze corridor, they're trimmed in a bronze finish, like an antique bronze finish. So it's not quite like a polished. It's got kind of like an already sort of pitted aged looked about it, which is really cool, like almost like a stonewash effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got a clip, which is just a, basically a same reiteration of the barrel of the pen, which is just like a straight sort of tubular cylinder clip that's tension fixed on the cap. Mm-hmm. And then you've got this really nice decorative cap band uh, that's new to Narwhal. So you wouldn't see on any other Narwhal pen besides the, Nar- the, the Nautilus. It's kind of got the Narwhal brand name and it's submerged in like a pattern of waves. Kind of reminds me of like the Japanese woodcut prints that you would kind of see with like the, the designs of the waves crashing on the beach or whatever. Uh, so it's really on point in terms of its... Um, nautical inspirations i would say but at the very top of the cap too you have a circular disc that ends the finial yes and you've got you've got finial nipples is what is what he's showing me right now so you put you put both you're not seeing it but you put see that would be great on the video you just see like the finial nipples on there so but uh but yeah, the, so so the little disc on top there, it's it's characteristic of also the Narwhal original has got that on there too. It's like just a very plain circular disc that's on top. Doesn't have like the Narwhal emblem or anything on that. But you screw off the cap. I think it's two full rotations to screw off the cap, and you've got yourself the same rip section as you would find on the Narwhal original or the Schoolkill model, but it's just slightly thicker, maybe by like a half a millimeter. And uh, then you got the number six, uh, number six narwhal nib, that's uh, stainless steel. But in the bronze corridor, it's gold plated. If it's the uh, seaweed, it's just the regular stainless steel. And it's got the cheapy plastic feed, as Roy likes to say. Which I think all that, that should be an industry standard from now on. <laughs> oh, so what what feed do we want to put on this? Uh, chibi plastic, please. <laughs> <laughs> chibi plastic feed. So that nib that nib and feed unit is uh, is unscrewable out of the grip section and also can be replaced if you want to pull the nib and feed out. You could uh, replace it with any other number six nib if you uh, do so. Please. Is that so? so? Yeah, and it's also piston filling. I don't know if I mentioned that, but it's a piston filler. It is a piston filler. So. So, yeah, that was a good rundown of the neutral zone on this pen. Elements about the pen that are either good or bad, or it can be good or bad depending on you. So, <laughs> I do, I do appreciate that. That was very good. Kudos to These you. These are the elements of the pen that are good. <laughs> <laughs> Next, uh, you know, if I were reviewing it, we're not reviewing it, but if we were reviewing it, I'd go on to the good. Those elements about the pen that are good. So, I mean, isn't this a unique design? It's pretty, I mean, if you just kind of look at it compared to an original, Narwhal original pen, Mm -hmm. you look at, you can say, okay, there's a lot of dimensional similarities. It's it's basically the same concept as a lot of other pen manufacturers that you take, like, let's say, you know, a a 1911 and compare it with a Pro Gear. You take... Uh, what like yeah, there's there's a lot of examples out there. I'm just blanking out on on all of these examples. But, yeah. Uh, but like if you take like a Narwhal original and you pair it up with the the Nautilus, the Nautilus is going to look very similar in its kind of like length dimensions, but it's just kind of fold out like towards the ends, and it's also thicker. 
and it's made out of okay. ebonite. That's fair. You know, I got to tell you something. So I have the narwhal, the original narwhal in green and the original narwhal in blue. Okay. The blue one actually has the ink window and they did make improvements on it. Right. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. The first narwhal pens I came across had issues. Like a lot of issues. I think I made a laundry list of them. And I yeah. told them to you and stuff like that. So let me start with the original Narwhal. The first issue that I had was the section unscrewed. Right. right. So the section unscrewing is really bad because it's a piston filler. And not only was it just bad that the section unscrewed, but what was, hold, what was screwing the section in place was the screws of the nib unit screwing into the barrel. So it wasn't actually the section that was fixed to the barrel, it was the nib unit. And what ends up happening is if you went to unscrew the section or you accidentally unscrewed the section, you're just prying the lip of the nib unit apart from the, the nib unit housing. It's a bad, bad situation. They fixed that. And then on top of that, the piston mechanism was utter garbage on the original. They fixed it since, but what would happen was the piston plunger would make its way all the way to the top and then if you kept turning even a little bit it would click and then when you retract the piston it doesn't retract all the way and you can actually do that until you're only at like a quarter ink capacity that that okay. the piston goes up and then only comes back one quarter of the way and then your ink capacity yeah. is diminished by a third now they did that issue existed and the reason why that issue existed was because of the parts and the manufacturing and all that stuff and I think Frank, over time, Frank being the owner of Narwhal, he resolved that using better parts and stuff like that. I still think he has some things to learn about assembling them because he recently handed me another Narwhal that was in his possession and the issue was still there. And then he said, he, oh, he might have assembled it incorrectly, in, in which case <laughs> I used my plastic Twisby wrench and reassembled it correctly. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, I think... That pen had a lot to be desired. But when with the Nautilus, I really feel like he took everything from the original Narwhal that he learned and applied it to the Nautilus. And the Nautilus is a spanking pen. Nice. I love the Nautilus. Whereas I didn't trust the previous version of the Narwhal. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but the it's come a long way since, I mean, we're oh, talking, yeah. this was like 20, <clears throat> was 20, 2018 that they started? 2019. Right? Or, or was it 2019? It was yeah. 2019, yeah, the, before mm -hmm. the, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so so this is, I mean, this also represents, too, a first jump into the uh, over $100 price point for Narwhal, which is not, it's just foreign territory for them, because they are used to being mostly a, a value brand that, like, the Ebonite 100th, and uh, the... Ebonite 365 anniversary was their most expensive pen at like 80, was it 80, $85 um, mm -hmm. last year. And that was a limited edition made out of Ebonite. These start at 120 and go up to as high as I, with the, there's the Pelugia that's going to be coming very soon. That will be 160. Mm. So, so it's, it's, you know, it's a big jump for them, but uh, you know, I'm glad that you're happy with the, the improvements that they've made along. Yeah. The yeah. And you know, it's funny. It's, Jumping into new territory and his foray, foray into stuff that's new is 
everything to do with pens because when he first launched the first Narwhal pens, he was new to fountain pens. This kid was, what, 20, 19 years old, 20 in college, yeah. starting a company on his own. I think I spoke to him the other day. I'm like, you know, this is impressive. It's impressive that, first of all, I thought it was impressive when he was 19 back in 2019 or 19 or 20. I couldn't remember. He's a college kid. And he's endeavoring and investing all this money into a fountain pen business that, you know, he he does he didn't really know much about, but to then learn as much as he did, and when you talk to him, you can tell he's extremely intelligent, very yeah, sharp, absolutely, very but, very motivated, hardworking, yeah. yeah. And his first foray into fountain pens was the oh easy with those mic rubbing the mic. It's really oh loud. sorry, yeah, rubbing the mic, yeah. That's, that that means stop <laughs> doing it anyway. <laughs> So him getting into the first time of <laughs> going into over $100, like he's not someone who's a stranger to trying new things. It's risky, especially for a company as new as his. But I commend him for having the cojones, the balls to do it. You know what I'm saying? What I do want to say is this. Price points are a bit confusing. The bronze corridor is $120, mm -hmm. right? That. Right. Other one that, that limited edition, how much you say one sixty? Well, it's not limited edition, it's the other the Pelugia, the one that's like the purple Yeah, is so, that a limited it's not. It's it's supposed to be like ongoing. But okay. the thing is it's like it's like there's only so much ebonite being made at one time. So like they have right. to keep continuing. So that like, one is I, I think this blew out of proportion what they thought that the initial launch was gonna be like. You mm -hmm. know, it's just like how everybody across the board was like sold out pretty much the same day that the shipments came in it was just mm -hmm. like insane so yeah. but the but yeah that's it's so the black you know black ebonite is especially if it's solid ebonite like that is not as expensive as a material as what you're talking with the green or with the that that wild purpley looking pelugia model that's like the, the more colorful that you get the more expensive the ebonite becomes so right. that's really where the that's, differentiation in price comes that's from. where it gets confusing the black one is 120 mm -hmm. then the purple one the purple ebonite one is 160 right and then the drum exclusive that was green seaweed was 140 right Right, so it's like my thing is like, look, pick a price and stick to it. Like, yeah, the black one is cheaper, the colorful one is a little bit more. Maybe, maybe make them all the same price across the board. Take a hit on one color, but then make money on the other color. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, gets... I get where you're coming from on that. I think that was that was you know, it's it's pretty like insightful to like want to at least like kind of make it coherent because it does make one versus the other become but the thing is is also what what you look at when you come to look at the original narwhal collection and you and they had introduced so many cool colors of the school kill model and then they have like a black one in a demo and they all have them for the same price of course people are going to end up picking the most colorful ones because mm -hmm. like the plain black and clear demo is just not as interesting but They're so boring i think i think with this you know, especially since they introduced, they didn't make a, a strict like black and gold or black and silver finish. They made the black with the bronze and they made the black with the black trim with the Nautilus mm -hmm. that they they really uh, they really attempted to do something other than just the regular usual black. But I right. think that having the black at a lower price point, I think also helps it too, because then it does make it more of a value in people's minds than let's say going with the more colorful one. Okay. 
I can I can get on board with that. Like, let's say the black one is a little bit cheaper across the board. Then make all the colored ones uniformly a little bit more. Right. You like, know what make I mean? Them like all like one fifty or something. Right. Like, yeah. Like the drum goals. Drum goals being one forty, and then the purple one being one sixty. What happens if someone else has an exclusive? Their exclusive costs more. Then now it's like they could be like, hey, that's not fair. Drum goals exclusive only cost me. Uh, an MSRP of 140, but mine is 150. Why is it ten dollars yep. more? You know what I'm talking about? Like if Goldspot yep. had an exclusive color, right? Yeah. Oh, and by the way, shame on you and shame on Goldspot for not being the ones with the green one, right? <laughs> right? Like, come on. Like, it wasn't. It wasn't my choice. I was actually very surprised when I saw that there was Colt Pens had an exclusive and Dromgulls had an exclusive. I was like. Hey, what, what's no love? No love here? Yeah, he didn't even <laughs> offer on, you guys? Wow. Uh, uh, no, but, uh, you know, just to kind of tease things, we do have something that's in the works uh, with them, but I can't talk about it right now, but it's something that'll, you know, be from Nar- Narwhal. So it's not like we're not getting anything, you know, sort mm. of s- specialty made. But, I mean, also we had the Peter Draws thing, too. So we had Peter Draws um the the two editions of that pen so it's not mm-hmm. like we haven't done anything exclusively from them so yeah i hear nothing but good things about that pen yeah it's uh, it's it's the reason why i love that pen so much is because it is able to reach out to people who don't normally use fountain pens and then convince them that fountain pens are awesome yeah. and that they're and that they're worthy of people's attention to try them out and write with them and so, and, and that exposure to peter's audience who our artistic types that may not use fountain pens is amazing because then it just gets so much more people that are outside of the fountain pen community and invites them into the fountain pen community. So mm-hmm. yeah, Definitely. And it's a good, it's a good, great quality pen too. I mean, I like, I like the design and the, the color, the swirling of it. It's nice, but Hey, listen, um, like I said, I would have, I liked it. I looked like the look of it, but I don't trust the original narwhal editions. I just don't. You know well, I, mean? it's, I think it was since the edition that was done earlier this year where they switched over. They stopped using the plastic, um, the plastic piston mechanism, mm-hmm. and they upgraded it to brass. I think with the first Peter Draws edition, it was, and then pretty much everything from there was a rolling change. They all got the upgraded brass chrome plated piston mechanisms, and I think that was a world of difference in terms of the the whole issue with the piston but like everything else like what i think a lot of people really attached themselves to even when there were some issues with the piston mm-hmm. was the uh the the fact that the nibs were something unique that were nice to write with and mm-hmm. also were different from either bach or yovo so so even though like there were some issues there with the filling mechanism like i think i think you know there were there were more I mean, of course, there's going to be always some issues with, I think, any batch of pen from any manufacturer, but that was like the one bugaboo about Narwhal was the, the piston mechanism. And I think that was duly you know, treated and, and improved upon um, so that we don't even have to think about it anymore. It's, not, it's right. not an issue. Not getting any pistons back anymore. So the takeaway from all that is to understand that Tom uses words like bugaboo. <laughs> yeah, bugaboo. <laughs> anyway a little bugaboo about yeah that. bugaboo no but so like i said but that piston issue was enough for me to just not trust the brand and yeah but when i saw the corridora and the seaweed when i saw the nautilus i was like that is too unique of a look that i've ever mm-hmm. seen now i said this before but the original narwhal when it had the metal center band 
on the barrel as opposed to the ink window. That always right. reminded me of a Homo sapien, like a mini yes. Homo sapien. Yes. Every time I look at the narwhal nautiluses, it reminds me of a beefed up Rembrandt. <laughs> just the shape and everything. Yeah, it's just like the shape and everything like that and the way it looks and stuff like that. It looks like a Rembrandt to me. Oh, but, it's uh, like Rembrandt has portholes on it. No, it doesn't. It's definitely not as it's definitely way for me at least. It's definitely way cooler than a Rembrandt because of the theme of the pen, the portholes. What I really like, I have both of these, and I I have the seaweed, and I have the bronze Corydora, and I love them both. What I really like about the bronze Corydora is the actual aged bronze appointments and the clips. Yes. It looks this pen looks like a sunken. Like Treasure submarine, yeah, yeah, submarine, and yeah, it it just looks aged. It's really cool. What kills yeah. it though, kind of, is like when you pull out the and you got the gold cap. plated dip. Yeah, the gold plated dip. It just doesn't have a place in this color scheme, right? Mm -hmm. Another thing that kills me about the pen, <clears throat> excuse me, and I talked to Frank about it, and he said there wasn't much he could do with the tech that he had, and it's understandable. Is the portholes and the nib and the clip. There's nothing about it that lines up. It's all random. All right. He couldn't. He couldn't uniform. You make it uniform so that way the nib lines up with a porthole. It's just. It's not in the center. It's nothing. It's not lined up. And then when you cap the pen, the clip is not lined up with a porthole. Not even a little bit. It's not in the middle of the two porthole. Nothing. So right. it's just completely random. And there, there was no, I guess, mathematical way to program the machine to make it that way. Same goes for the. The seaweed version. Nothing lines up. Nothing is mm -hmm. meant to line up. They couldn't figure out how to get it to line up. And right. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's an experience thing. I can't imagine that it's impossible to do, right? Yeah, but I have to imagine that there's some way to thread or to create the threads on it so that you could, let's say, line up some parts of it. Yeah. I see, I've seen it with, let's say, like Leonardo, too, is that you, you have the ability to have it so that when you're screwing the nib unit into the pen that it would line up with the engraving on the barrel. That's really, really like one of the first times I noticed that somebody actually went through that concerted effort of like making sure that the nib aligns with the with like something, a decoration that's on the barrel, that sort of I thing. I feel like that would be a lot easier because all you do is you screw the nib unit and then line up the engraving. Right, you would engrave it first and then screw in the nib unit. True. true. So, so you'd with, have to figure out some way to design it so that those portholes would always, like when you're screwing that nib unit in, would always line up a certain way. So I'm thinking maybe they should screw in the nib unit and then decide where the holes go. I don't know. Maybe it's just too time consuming. But I I feel like with the Visconti. Do you remember the Visconti Homo sapien with the first ink window? I can't remember what it was called. The it skylight. Like skylight. How did that yeah. line up? No, that's just that just to me was a complete disaster. Like Why is that? I, because the skylights because like cuz like if you look at the portholes on there, if you could imagine the skylights would have like basically the little because the, they had an oblong sort of shape porthole that was go, going down the length of the barrel. Mm -hmm. And you would look really closely. And I'm not saying too closely, even not without a loop. You look at the at the porthole and the trimming around it, you would see gaps between the trim and the rest of the barrel. Like as if somebody took like a little tiny hacksaw 
and just went around like like a you know like they were trying to break out of prison or something like that and they're trying to like use a hacksaw to get into this lava material and like little clumps of it is just falling it's the edge is not clean at all mm. and then they put this trim around it and the trim's supposed to hide it but like you could just see around where the trim is that there's just pieces of the barrel missing i had you could no see the idea. plastic on the inside like seen so many of them that i had to send back just had wow. to send it back. Just be like, no, the customer is paying you know, like a thousand dollars for this pen, right? Why? Why do they have to deal with any of this? Like, why wow. should they see all of this stuff around it? Like, it's just not. Right. That's not cool. That's not a cheap so, pen. But I'm wondering no, how not. that. How did that ink window line up with the nib or the cap? I don't remember, but I mean, I couldn't get past the whole fact that like so many of them came with like so. You know, just just such a bad job of like cutting out those little spots for the ink windows. Yeah, I'm just curious because I want to. I'm not sure if the portholes on the Narwhal Nautilus not lining up is a lack of experience, or if any other brand would have been able to do it or not. And it's 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 a toss up, and I'll tell you why. Because no other brand has portholes that are ink windows like this. You know what I'm Except saying? Except for I think now. The Peniter isn't there a Peniter Queen Mary now that has that feature on it? I don't know. You're gonna have up. to Google. Yeah, you're you gonna have Google, to Google it. No, you're gonna have to Google it because I'm not controlling your screen. So that's that's Tom typing. I can't type that fast. He types 125 words a minute. Oh, I know. True? I know. I'm already right to begin with. So yeah, there's they got the so the Peniter Limited Edition Queen Mary has got three portholes like i think on the side of the stripe of the pen so not only did they have to line up the material to like hit those portholes on just that like one blue side i don't actually know i mean this is just the product photography that you see on the web um it could look completely different in in real life mm -hmm. um but but like they have them on the on the side of like kind of like the cross section of like how you would look at the pen mm-hmm and there's three of them on one side, I guess three of them on the other, uh, you know, but, uh, uh, but I mean, looking at this, this is product photography. I don't know if the real piece is like that or not. We didn't, I mean, as far as like, I've, I haven't seen them at the office because, you know, it's this, this Peniter is like, it's, this is a $900 pen, you know, it's, it, and, and haven't been happy with the quality of Peniter up and down the entire brand. So it's not something necessarily I would like be eager to you know recommend to anybody just because mm -hmm. of the the quality the quality issues that are apparent with that company are just not yeah i mean i good. was disappointed with the which one was it it was the panina the forged Lagrange, carbon was, the forged carbon yeah like they didn't cut <laughs> everything the, yeah, <laughs> they didn't cut the edge correctly so it had a bow curve on it on some of them i mean didn't you send me three of them in total Two of the three were warped. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I sent like three different ones. It was like, that one has it too. It's like, Tom, look. And then you sent me a video of like you rolling it on the desk. And as you're roll as as it's being rolled, it's like wobbling at the same yeah. time. I'm like, oh. are you got to be kidding me? Yeah. And and that's that's 60% of the pieces you sent me. You sent me three. So 66% of them. That's a high margin for fault. Error. Yeah. So... I mean, I'm looking at the Queen Mary, and yeah, they were able to drill the holes on the sides so they line up with the sides of the nib. But again, that is a different animal than making it the in triplicate. So, like, see how so on the barrel of the Narwhal Nautilus, 
they're three portholes equidistant from each other around the diameter of the barrel. So I guess making it like that, dividing the barrel in thirds and then putting portholes in is not as easy as just punching a hole straight through the entire radius of right. the barrel. Do you, know, right. do you understand what I'm saying? So Yeah, because you could just drill straight through if you just did it on two sides, but if you're doing it on three, you got to throw in... Yeah, you got to do it at different three different angles. Right. So two thirds. So it has to. It's. It doesn't seem easy. But I'm wondering if Frank couldn't do it. If there, another brand could have. And part of me believes yes, another brand could have because they have more experience. But also, I've never seen ink windows designed on a pen like this before. So maybe another brand could not have done it either. Well, I mean, looking at it from the perspective of just, I, I did a whole video review on it already. I've, I've gotten a good chance to play with the pen before. And usually I would pick up on such things, like if things didn't align right or or that like, you know, say I had to screw post a pen a cap on the back of a pen or that like putting the nib back together, does it align? It, like for some reason that for me did not even come, I was not even conscious of the whole alignment thing. That's, that's like a total you thing right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, but like, I'm, I'm wondering if anybody else is picking up on it too, but I, I did not. I'm pretty sure I can't be the only one picking up on it. I'm pretty sure other people are picking up on it too. Okay. I'm getting like 60,000 emails while we're on the phone here. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Just lowering the volume. But yeah, (laughs) I mean, I think, I think I can't be the only person that picked up on it. I can't imagine, but it's just for some reason for me wasn't even a thought in my head like to to really focus on that particular part of it whether the clip is you Mm -hmm. know going to always align with this or because it does in certain other pens when i think that the design obviously needs to go a certain way let's say like visconti divina for example like those Mm -hmm. those those uh those curves in the body need to line up with each other yeah when you put the cap on and when you post the cap on the back they need to you know, basically flow into each other mm-hmm. or, um, I'm trying to think of another one, uh, but like, yeah, well, like, or like a Leonardo with the, with the nib and the, and, and the, the writing on the barrel too. But you know, it's, it's some, sometimes it's just something that it's like, yeah, that has to line up when it has to be put together. Uh, but like, uh, this one for some reason did not, you know, didn't come across my mind when I was looking at it. I mean, maybe you're just not as anally retentively OCD as I am. Could be. Yeah. Could certainly be that way. Yeah. Or maybe the one you had, but the one in particular happened to line up. And it, that's mm. why it didn't trigger your OCD lizard brain to go fucking crazy about it. I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, I'm looking forward look to seeing more of them come in because uh have been out of stock for the last week or so. And you know, so a lot of people have been asking about it, especially since putting out a video and I didn't want to, you know, hold the video just because I'm like, I'm like, well, these could come in tomorrow. These can come in next week, whatever. So I want to at least like kind of, you know, put it out there and talk about this, uh, especially since people are going to start getting them and want to get somebody else's feedback on it. So yeah, kind of build the appetite for when they come back into stock again. So yeah, it creates buzz. I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good. So let's talk about the writing experience that I had with the bronze Corridora. It's, mm-hmm. it was a fantastic writing experience. I can't have, I don't have anything bad to say about the bronze Corridora one. The one I got from Drom Ghouls, which was also a medium point, was an issue for me. 
was a severe issue for me. So this one hard started and had baby's bottom up the wazoo. Up the wazoo. Yeah. It was bad. It, everything I wrote on, it was just over smoothed. I don't know who smoothed it out. I'm pretty sure it wasn't Mike at Drum Goals. I think it's just probably how they get them because truthfully, the bronze Corridora one I have is also very smooth, but not as super crazy smooth as the, the seaweed one. So what it felt like was when, you know how when you write on certain like carbon copy paper with a ballpoint pen, it just won't go down. It won't write. Or I don't like, know anything of this. What are you talking about, this writing with a ballpoint pen? I don't okay, understand. So. What's, what's that like? <laughs> I know, right? Okay, so you know what it feel, felt like? It felt like I was writing on, <laughs> on like a plastic sandwich bag mm. where just the ink would not stay on, like would not attach to the paper. It was crazy. So what I did was I actually called you with my emergency. I think I texted to you. You didn't get back to me that same day. You left me hanging. But... <laughs> I you, need to you need to type in 911 before all of your requests. <laughs> yeah. But it was a nib emergency. And basically what I did was I figured it's over smooth. I got to rough this bitch up. So what I want to do is I'm going to take a piece of sandpaper of high grit. And I'm going to just draw a line across this. Right. Mm. And what I did was. I didn't have any mylar paper. I didn't have any micro mesh. What I did have was that sheet of paper that came with the Y Studio bronze pen. It's six hundred. It's, yeah, it's six hundred grit. <laughs> so I drew a line, one line, about an inch long, straight up and straight top to down, and that resolved everything. It resolved Fixed the baby's it. bottom. It, it, it resolved. Took, it took the nib clear off. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it actually made the nib very feedbacky and toothy in the way I like it, right? It was 600 grit. So it wrote like now, it wrote like more like a sailor or an aurora, but a little mm -hmm. bit more feedback. And I really enjoy it. I really do enjoy it. I don't like tuning. I don't like having to tune nibs. I don't like having to do that and stuff like that. I just feel like I shouldn't have to. And that's why I don't want to. Right? Yes. So and, and we should say as a disclaimer that you are not a nib professional and that I am absolutely running took... a nib down a six hundred grit piece <laughs> of sandpaper is definitely not the way you would want to approach it a slight tuning issue. I don't think you should do that. I don't think anybody ever should do that. I think the fact that I did it, it might it might have been successful for me and it was just a fluke. Like if I tried it again, probably I might just screw up a fucking nib. But I did that and not only did I just draw a line on it, I put it on a, a pillow. So that way as I drew the line, it's kind of wrapping around the nib. And if anybody who is like nib meisters out there are listening to this and you're having heart attacks... <laughs> Super cringe. Right. Super <laughs> cringe. I get it. Like, don't be offended. I had to, like, get it to write, and I did, and it worked. I'm not going to say it's going to work every time because I'm not a nibmeister, and I don't know what you know. I mean, I know some people that would be like, dude, don't do anything lower than 600. It's just bad. But I just did 600 because I was rubbing it with my finger, and I'm like, hey, this looks right, and I just tried it. Right? <laughs> this is abrasive enough. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's what's in the that's what's in the seaweed right now. I love the way it writes. I love how feedbacky it is and it lays down a nice wet line. It's it's 
Awesome. I love it. I'm pretty sure no one is going to be, no one's going to get behind what I did. And I'm (laughs) probably going to be ostracized from the community and Mm -hmm. the calls to fire Tom are going to be all over the place now. No, Which, just just to let everybody know, I am not condoning this sort of behavior with your narwhal pen. I will not be personally <laughs> held responsible if you decide to put six hundred grit sandpaper to just just to give you a point of reference, micro mesh paper, which is often the type of paper used for smoothing a nib, is twelve thousand grit. <laughs> in so that so that is a twelve. When you get higher in the number, it means it's a finer finer grit. Meaning that, like, you could take a nib and be able to make very minor adjustments by doing repeated, let's say, figure eights or loops and swoops and whatnot. Like, thankfully, Roy only took one swipe with it with the 600, because if you probably did like a figure eight series for like 30 seconds, there would probably be no iridium tipping left on that pen. Like it would just be, no be a nib. stub at that point. Yeah, it would just you would just, yeah the nib would be cut clear off. That's it. But um, you know, dramatic hyperbole aside, it, it is not a good idea to attack a, a nib with that you know degree of grit. Like you need to definitely go in very gentle with as least you know as 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 least abrasiveness as possible. And just kind of build it from there and then just continue to test like all mm-hmm. the time. Like a little small adjustment, test it out, see how it goes. A little small adjustment. To, because it it is such a delicate instrument that like just the slightest little thing that goes off and you went from like, oh, well, I have baby's bottom to, oh, it writes beautifully to, oh, well, I'm not getting any more ink flow. Or like, or like it's so scratchy that I can't write with this. It's tearing the paper fibers off the paper. You know, it's like, <laughs> right. it's like, it's, but that degree of, of like going from one end to the other is so easy to do if you're not doing it very conscientiously and like thoroughly testing it the whole way through. Hmm. Yes. I kind of, I, what is it? What do they call that shit? Like, I was just doing a Hail Mary I guess, <laughs> but an inch long hail mary. I was just like, "Fuck an it, I'm gonna long go hair, for it. hail mary." <laughs> hail mary. No, I mean that's just like I threw caution to the wind. I was just like, "Fuck it, let's do this." One line. Tom's and not then... answering my text. Screw the world. I'm just gonna do this. <laughs> <laughs> He's making me do it by not answering my text messages. <laughs> if I screw it up, I'm gonna blame it all on him. Yeah, I remember what that reminds me. Like, you're making me sound super crazy needy. I'm not really like that. But I remember one time <laughs> I was blowing up Brian Holster's phone, and I'm like, dude, you know, I was I can't remember what I was talking about. But his first response to me was like, wow, hey, Roy, needy. <laughs> <laughs> needy. Because <laughs> you know how Brian is. Uh, Brian Holster, everybody, just so you know, is the head guy at Kevin Industries. I love the guy. He's funny. He's an amazing salesperson, too. He can convince you about anything. He can sell you on any idea. I mean, look, he even sold you on AutoHut. <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> I'm just fucking around, people. I'm joking. Don't get upset. I like AutoHut also. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, this it was a Hail Mary attempt to fix the nib, and it totally did, and I'm happy with it. I, I even texted Frank, though. I was like, hey, Frank, you know, could you send me a nib replacement? Because the nib is super-duper baby's bottomy and hard starts and it won't work it's just terrible but he hasn't gotten back to me but well he's 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 you're you already fixed the issue so it's over yeah you know yeah there's no need for it now but 
Just in case, what I also did is I tested the original narwhal nib that I had in the green one, the silver one, just like this one, mm -hmm. unscrews and fits right into here also, into the yeah. seaweed one also. So yeah. I actually, today I switched it out with the original nib because I actually like the design of the original nib better. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I actually like it better than the new design, to be honest with you. I, I it, like the new design. The new design's got like quite a bit more of the Art Deco you know, swirlies about it. I, I definitely think so. Yeah, you're right. It does look a little bit more vintage, I guess, whereas the original one looks a little bit on the Yovo side. It looks like a Yovo. I think yeah. maybe that's why. You didn't have any interest in wanting to try out the, they have the new broad or double broad nib sizes? Or that they have, uh, I they just, didn't. You didn't Medium get the option to... Well, no, they, you know, I was asked which size I want, and medium was just the, I'm really getting into mediums now. Medium is a lot thicker than my usual. I usually go find an extra fine, you know me. Yeah. But I did make a New Year's resolution in 2020 or 2019, I can't remember, to use mediums, and it, did, it took this long for me to actually start to like it. Now I'm actually enjoying mediums because I'm starting to use different color inks at work because I'm taking a lot more notes in my own journals to keep track of work using the Tom Odo method, the odd blank method. <laughs> Panted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I learned a lot from, I mean, I keep saying this, and I'm not saying this just to butter you up, but I do have a huge debt of gratitude. I'm going to show you my, my Roy's fish log. Doodles? Oh, wow. Well, That's adorable. The fish log, There's yeah. a fish on it. And then on the first page, I have the rest of the year, October, just like the way you did it. Okay, so cool. you have listed the days numbered top to bottom, 1 to 30. Then November, December, and then I'll start another 12 pages of the dates. Okay. Uh, and then each day is just a log entry yep. of what I do. So this is my fish log. So like, for example, October 1st, Friday, I changed the filter pad and I did a fry tank water change. So I can actually keep track of what media I touched in what tank, when I last did a water change, I can keep track of how often I need to, you know, change filter pads or change the ammonia pads or stuff like that. Because sometimes I don't want to just look at it and be like, oh, it looks dirty. I might as well change it. I, I, want, to, I want to keep track of why it's taking this long to change, like what's different. Maybe I'm feeding them too much. You know what I'm saying? You're treating it like almost like a science experiment where you're recording the results of several adjustments that you're doing or changes that are being made. Yeah. I mean, yes and no. To me, it's not a science. I mean, people say that fish keeping, fish keeping is a hobby and you're saying like I'm treating it like a science project. For me, there's a lot at stake, right? Mm -hmm. I have the fry tank with six baby fish in it. Those are six lives. I have the big Socrates tank behind me that's filled with, I got three Corydoras, I got, oh, they're all, oh, no, he still doesn't look well. This is, see, this is not, this is an issue for me. I don't know why he's not looking so hot. Three Corydoras, I got, you know, five Harlequin Rasboras, and I had to rescue these four glowfish from someone else's tank. They had four glowfish and, and two mollies in a five-gallon tank. I'm like, that's just, I, that's cramped. I'll, I'll, I'll buy them from you if you want, but he's like, no, you can have them. I don't want to take care of them. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll take care of all of them from now on. How's that? You know, and then I just put <laughs> I put the glowfish in my tank because they I was researching online. But anyway, my point is 
yes, it's a hobby. Yes, it's a science project for me. But for me, the, the, what's at stake is the lives, right? Because they're still living creatures. You know what I mean? Like they don't talk to us and they're not cats and dogs, but they're still creatures that want to live the best life they can. And they're under my care and I'm going to make sure that they get that. You know what I mean? You are a steward of the aquatic. Yeah. And you know, it is just, just, I mean, I know they're just fish people say, but I, I value their lives. They, they want to live, right? Just like you and I, I feel like we have to take care of them because we have the ability to take care of them and them dying as a result of like you not doing the best is just not just, you know, it's not right. Mm -hmm. I don't like it, you know, and crazy thing. I have all these live plants in both tanks, like so many live plants because they say you can't overdo the live plants. It only is better for the tank and stuff like that. All these snails just started showing up. There's like two snails in the big tank. There's a snail in the baby tank. How do they show so, up? So apparently when you buy the live plants, the live plants oh, they might have, have like eggs, like eggs snail on eggs. Them. Oh. So it's like I'm looking at it, and so far it's not an infestation, and I was researching. It's a good barometer of whether you're overfeeding or not because if there's eggs and you're overfeeding, then they'll hatch and they'll start eating and the growing. But if you're not overfeeding, then they won't. you won't even know they're there. Or if you get two or three of them, they're actually good for the tank because they mm -hmm. get rid of stuff that's bad for the, uh, the aqu aquatic environment so i left the two in the big tank and the one in the small tank and i was thinking about removing them but then again if i remove them what do i do with them because <laughs> these right? are now lives entrusted in your care <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it so it's like <laughs> i have a spare five gallon tank that if i keep finding too many i'm just going to put them in that tank and then maybe You're... like your office is going to be like basically <laughs> it's a gonna, pet store it's gonna, it's gonna be, gonna be... <laughs> It's but going to be an snails, aquarium. They... It's like, welcome. What would you like to talk about? Would you want to talk about one of my fish that I have? <laughs> would you like <laughs> to what's... take a fish home with you? I'll have to give you instructions on how to care for it. Right. But what's great is that these snails, I didn't know snails live underwater, one. And I didn't know that they can move so fast. Like, they, they move. Like, they can cr like the snail is about the size, half the size of, I don't know, a pepita seed, right? Right. But it just cleared about two inches in the last 30 seconds like they're fast and they're they're good at breaking down stuff that's dead like plant material that died they'll eat that and they eat algae so listen keeping them around isn't a bad idea some people just don't like it because it doesn't look good yeah they're they're not like the most flattering more beautiful looking things but they're part of the ecosystem so might yeah, as well hey listen around. they might look at you and be like look at that disgusting thing with huge nose hairs and nostrils right so yes. let's not judge Right? Every creature is beautiful. <laughs> Look at that giant slave master that enslaves us all in, in plexiglass cages. Right. Right. So, you like my SpongeBob theme over there? I got a SpongeBob yeah. theme tank. Yeah. And then the fry tank is just like the empty coffee cup spilled over. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you need to do like, uh, for if you were to expand out to another tank, it's got to be like Ninja Turtles, I feel. Ooh, yeah. I got to find aquarium decor that, that's safe and made for that you know what i'm saying yeah so there's like a certain type of spongebob sort of things that you got that were friendly to that yeah yeah so like spongebob has aquarium decor products made and they suckered me hook line and sinkered me easy peasy you know <laughs> so is there any uh fire tom 
hashtags that were in any orders that you thought was worth mentioning? Oh, gosh. I mean, there's not a day goes by that we have one that's pretty funny. It's just today was just like flooded, though, with oh, really? orders for um, the Sleepy Hollow, if you saw that mm -hmm. one. I did see that. It looks yeah. fantastic. The Retro yeah. 51 Sleepy Hollow is looking fantastic. Retro 51 fantastic. Return to Form, I think, in terms of like, because they're, they're poppers this year. I, you know, it being, of course, I, I'm being transparent here with my own personal opinions, uh, which are, of course, my own personal opinions, not mm -hmm. the opinions of some company or other people. It's just, this is my own opinion as a pen enthusiast that also likes Retro 51 pens. Right. That right. really the Herald, the Gnome Sweet Gnome, and. I can't even remember the other one right now off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. um, but the the poppers that they launched this year really haven't been that exciting. Um, and I'm thinking Enterprise, too, the, the, the space shuttle one. But, the, I mean, like, really the designs, I'm kind of like, I could just, you know, I thought there were more exciting designs last year, for sure. And there have been okay. more ex exciting designs in your past. And plus, they would make 1,951 of them, which is far and away one of the biggest allotments of limited editions that you could possibly make i mean they only got away with that last year i think towards the end with the tuesday pen because of the fact that everybody thought they were going under that they could have been shuttered at the end of the year and sure they could sell a, a one of the last very last editions of pens 1951 pieces but most of the limited edition poppers usually range in like the let's say 700 to maybe like 1200 piece range and Sleepy Hollow was 1031, beautifully because October 31st, Halloween, right, right. matches with the theme perfectly. And it's also a little bit more than half of what they've been asking for these other poppers. So you have not only a perfectly seasonal appropriate pen, you have an edition size that is more manageable, I think, for the market. And also the pen looked amazing. And it was also, the, it was also glow in the dark and... You know, it was orange and black, perfectly on theme, and the design was like spooky, but not so incredibly like gory or spooky, but like not cutie spooky either. Not like the uh, creepy scrawlers, if you remember that from like a couple years ago, where they where they they made a collaboration with Invisible Creature, and it kind of had all these like little adorable cutesy sort of. Uh, characters that were on there and that was supposed to be their Halloween pen, but it looked more like kind of Monsters, Inc. Yeah, that's the one. Okay, yeah, yeah. so it has like a white background with all these yeah, geometrically and that's, shaped and that's dark as well. Is it? So the all the alien, all these monsters are geometrically shape created, right? So right. it looks like, I don't know how to explain it. It's almost like a Picassoist. It's like, a, it's like very like cartoony sort of looking Halloween I like it. pen. But like, I, like I, I just felt it wasn't, it wasn't, it needed to be more, like it needs to be more spooky, like really spooky, like kind of scary, like in that, in that sort of way for like a Halloween pen. Like it needed to take itself just a little bit more seriously than that. And that's why I feel like a Sleepy Hollow, drawing that inspiration from the legend of Sleepy Hollow, that story, and then kind of having more of an edge to it was just like perfect. And it mm. just, it like, it flooded that I think, I think not a single retailer had them by the end of the day. Like they were all, wow. everybody was sold out of their allocation. The Sleepy Hollow? It, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Which was the first time this okay. year that a popper has sold out in the same day. Like every every single release this year, because there was such a high edition count and because they really weren't, you know, in my opinion, at least like that great of a design, like they've they some of them are still around. Like, for example, if you want to go buy uh, a Gymkhana, the, the one of the slot car racing pens from mm-hmm. last year they're still around you want to buy the mm-hmm. the bandit the those reissue bandits those three colors uh the ones that look like the bandanas those are still around if you want to get the herald which was the first release at the beginning of the year that's still around like so there's mm-hmm. you know but sleepy hollow gone one day wow yeah you know what you know what's an excited like i think this past year yielded some very exciting pens from retro 51 and some that i want to talk about Obviously, I mean, this one's not exciting. I just, I love it. <laughs> Obviously, the Mozart pen, there's only, what, how many left now in stock? Out of there's 500. 50. There's 50 there's, now, yeah. Wow. Out of 525 in, in under two weeks, there's only 50 left. I think for the theme being Mozart and not something that really does grab a wide range of people, I think the sales on that is fantastic. So everybody who's listening, I don't make any money off of it, but it's an honor for people to be buying a pen that we created that I designed with gold spot and, and stuff like that. It just, it's really, what's the word? It's really fulfilling and really makes me feel good because I like Mozart. It's satisfying. Oh, it's, it's, it's also satisfying to create something that such a broad, such a broad audience can enjoy. I I remember I got, I'll, I'll read you some, I got a really nice, uh, like feedback today i wanted to read you because they even took pictures too so i thought that was oh, wow. really cool cool uh let's see if i could find it really quick while we're talking here um but yeah it's just it's just amazing i think and and like i know that you're yeah i'm i mean i'm used to it being that like we've done so many different projects with different manufacturers and i've had my hand in a lot of different creations of pens that we've introduced um, mm-hmm. But that you're, you know, you're you're new to this feeling, the sensation. But it is truly amazing, like when you can touch so many people's lives with something that you had a hand in creating. That it it truly is like nothing else. Like there's oh, nothing yeah. to 100%. to really replace that feeling. It just is like it's just so cool. So um, so there's a James D. Uh, had written a review today uh, saying oh, nice. I am. I am a musician, pianist, or pianist, right? Is that how you pronounce mm-hmm. it? Pianist, Musician, yeah. pianist, choir director, etc. I love my Amadeus pen. It is absolutely beautiful. I am so impressed with re- Retro 51 pens and have started my own collection. I've also started buying from my loved ones. They are such a great gift. I also love doing business with Goldspot. Thank you, Goldspot, for such products. And wow. took, uh, took pictures of there. And a lot of people still had questions about why the K on there, even though it was quite clearly explained, but like some people were thrown off by the fact that the edition number started with a K and mm-hmm. then we had to explain, it's like, well, it's part of the Coachell catalog and that's the K525 was the, you know, Ina Kleine knocked music and, mm-hmm. you know, so, but it's, but it's a, you know, overall like fantastic response from it. I think a lot of people are, are really excited about it. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really fun. And I think it's a design that like we talked about in the video, the launch video that, um, you know, being that there's so many different composers out there and there's also so many different variations that we could go on being that mm-hmm. you could just take the same concept, but then 
let's say change the color palette, add an illustration, do like a trim change. You could, you, we could, there's so many different ways to kind of just slightly modify this to really make it in, uh, like a series that mm -hmm. each of them has its own distinct personality, but still has a cohesiveness with the whole, which is yeah. like, which is like what we were talking about with, uh, with Narwhal with that, the Nautilus, you know, it looks like a completely different model, but you could see where it borrows elements and you could see where it learns from the previous editions and mm -hmm. inform that informs the more current edition. So like it's yeah. an evolution of style, which I think is really cool to see when you have it all out, you know, in the open and you see all the pens together and you're like, oh, wow, look at that. Look at, look at how it kind of grows and, and changes along in time. This one here, this is the pizza pen that Chris designed. This one is also one that's very near and dear to my heart because I honestly feel like there's no other pen out there with this type of design. Now, I remember when we were talking about it, I'm like, yeah, you should just do a pen dedicated to pizza. And that's where, that's that's all I left it at. You know what I mean? I know well, I think I think jokes. you put the image in my head that it had to look like a slice of pizza, like it, like the cheese and the pepperoni. <laughs> yeah. and like well, it had I mean, to look like a slice of pizza, the way that the tornado is tapered and everything. It was a silly idea, but you did like pizza. You're a lover of pizza. And mm -hmm. Chris and his design, like, listen, Chris being a musician, rock guitar, uh, rock band, he has his own rock band. And, I mean, clearly he's super creative. But if you gave me one million chances to make a pizza pen, it would never have looked like this. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, I just, I just absolutely love this pizza pen. The color schemes, the... The texture of it feels like the pizza box, you know, top. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's got the, like, the bumps on the pen and stuff like that. The green, I felt compelled. I got green ink cartridges for this, and I, you know, it's perfect. I wish you had sold it with the green ink. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, that was that was one thing I was like, oh, I should have done. But then again, like, you get a lot of people being like, oh, well, I can only write in black or blue for that's true. That's my true. work but, or something, and the green's useless to me, so. Yeah, but going back to this pen leads me to the next pen I want to talk about that I really love. It's not really a pen for me because it I missed out on the opportunity for it. But Chris designed I think Chris's designs are stupid good. Like the the what was the one? The pencil. The the pencil. The um, Zensel. The Zensel. Oh my God. That design <laughs> that design was also on a pen, correct? Yes, it was, yeah. Oh. I mean, listen, I use pencils as much as I use rollerballs and ballpoints. My primary writing method is always fountain pens. So to me, missing out on the pen didn't really kill me because at least I still got the pencil. And the pencil is cute because the big fat eraser at the end. But that Zensel, the Zen design was, that's like, you know what that makes me think of? It makes me think of like, uh, what was that game? Okami, that game Okami that was on PlayStation 2, that style of art. It was, well, you have to Google it. I, but, don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't recall that one, no. Yeah, well, maybe you weren't playing video games. You were too busy doing silly stuff like having children and buying houses. But, uh, no, it's anyway. like, well, what what year are we talking about here? Because I used to play video games back in, you know, like even when, when my kids were like little babies, like I, well, I played Did still. you ever have PlayStation 2? I had just the original PlayStation, so. Oh, okay, so yeah, you were, you, were, you were busy being a father, okay. so you didn't. No, I, was, it, I think at that point, I think I was just too broke in college to like afford any game, <laughs> any game system at that point. Well, you have a lot of making up to do, but yes, kudos to Chris. I don't know his last name. I, I feel bad. I've known him for what four years now. I still don't. Well, know I don't. I don't know if he wants it like on a podcast. Uh, but yeah, like, let's just say it's Chris K. So it's, Chris it K over at Goldspot. Fantastic 
designs coming out of him. I think some of the best designs that of the Gold Spot exclusives came from him. Yeah, fantastic. You know, just brilliant, creative. Like, there's no like you couldn't like like I said, you could have given me a million shots. You and I both could have had a million shots at the pizza pen or the Zen pen or Zensel. We wouldn't have gotten it. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it. You know what I'm saying? So kudos to him on that, and kudos to you guys for hiring him. Shit, you know. Yeah. He's he's a he's a good kid, and I mean I say kid because he's much he's younger young. than both but both uh, you and I. Although he's like he's not like you know he's been out of college for a while, but like I mean just not compared to how long we've been out of college. Right. For a while. He's still he's he's still young enough where if we threaten to call his mom, he'll get scared. Yeah, yeah it might, be, <laughs> might be. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I want to close this episode with a big. A big, big thanks to everybody who bought the Mozart Amadeus Retro 51 and the wonderful comments that people are leaving on social media. I didn't know about the comments that were left on the Gold Spot Pens website, but I do appreciate that even though, you know, I don't like this. Is, this was, a, this was a, a collaborative thing that I took a lot of pride in because I, I was always a lover of Mozart and stuff like that. And when being able to be involved in it was like a big deal to me. So when people love it, I feel like they're loving a part of me also. So yeah. it makes me feel all warm and, and gooey inside and stuff like that. So oh, somebody share on like Instagram stories saying like, Roy, you actually, you actually had a part in, in design. This is a great job. Yeah. Like somebody said like while they're unboxing their pen and everything. So yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, that was really, that was really cool. So big heartfelt thanks goes out to every single buddy, all 500 and, or 475 people who bought it. And for the other fifth, uh, the other future fifty people that <laughs> the future fifty people, um, what the fuck are you guys waiting for? Come on, get a move on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so anyway, big heartfelt thanks for that, and of course, thanks again for listening. I love you guys. Be well, be safe, stay inky.